life is not about working until you die. Do things that you love with people you love. Create memories. Laugh. Live, not loathe. That is the mantra of my guest today. Welcome to episode 139 of This Shit Works, a podcast dedicated to all things networking, relationship building, and business development. I'm your host, Julie Brown, speaker, author, and networking coach. And today, I am joined by Javon Wooden, a mindset and business coach, as well as an author and professional speaker, which is how we met. And today, he is joining us to discuss how we can own our time and spend more time living, not working. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. Javon and I met at a networking event. I know, shocker. We were both in line for the bar. Again, I know, shocker. And before we get into the meat of why Javon is here, and because this is a networking podcast and you all presumably want to get better at networking, that's why you tune in every week. This is how you do it. You strike up a conversation with someone in line at the bar. You joke back and forth about how the bartender cannot make an old-fashioned to save his life. You discover that your energies and vibes are really similar. You exchange business cards and promise to reach out to them the next day. This is where most of these chance networking encounters end, because people don't follow up and follow through. And if that were the case with my interaction with Javon, I would have missed out on the opportunity to become friends with him, to learn from him, to collaborate with him, and it would have been a damn shame, because my friends, Javon is fucking amazing. Javon's childhood was marked with struggle, and he will be the first to admit that he took a few wrong turns. At 17, he was arrested and sentenced to seven years in prison. This experience was a profound wake-up call that shifted everything for him. His perspective, his values, and his goals for his life. When he was released, he earned a master's degree and an MBA, and if that wasn't enough, he joined the U.S. Army Reserves, served for 12 years, and was awarded a Bronze Star for his heroic acts during his deployment in Afghanistan. From prison to university to the army, all of his experiences taught him the importance of mindset when facing what seems like impossible odds. And honestly, I can't wait to talk to him. I can't wait for you to learn about him. Javon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having <laughs> me, Julie. Man, thank you. It's an honor and a pleasure and a privilege. I can't wait to get some of that energy of yours. My energy. <laughs> yes, it's contagious. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even know where to start. There's so many parts of your life that we could hone in on. Let's go back to when you were 17. You were arrested, sentenced to seven years. And according to studies, an estimated 68% of released prisoners were arrested again within three years, 79% within six years, and 83% will be rearrested within nine years. How did you beat the statistic? Sure. Well, I truly believe that that was really just a wake up call. Uh, that was my awakening. That was my time to sit in that cell and really ask myself, is this the life that I want? And when I was in there, my mother and my sister came to visit me. And this was probably like two weeks after I got arrested. And my mother told me that she put the house up 
for me to get a lawyer. Now, this is the same home that my three sisters and my brother and my mother stayed in. So if anything happened that went awry, she would have lost that home, mm -hmm. meaning I would have still been in jail and they would have been homeless. Mm -hmm. So that gave me a sense of value. So that same day is the same is the day I decided to change my life. It's the day I decided that I would rather work two jobs. I would rather try going to school. I would rather do anything I could in a legal path to avoid putting my, my family through that again. Right. At that time, I didn't understand my value. I didn't feel like I cared that much about myself, which is where the story of live, not loathe comes from. That's mm -hmm. why I chose the word loathe because I loathe life. I was, I just didn't like where I was. I hated myself. Um, I hated my circumstances, hated being poor, hated wearing the same two pairs of sneakers, three pairs of jeans and five shirts for the year, the school year. But I knew that wasn't it. So lo and behold, you know, I was released. I didn't have to do all the time. Okay. And when I got out, I decided that, hey, you know, I'm going to finish school and I'm going to do whatever it takes. So I started searching within myself. I started asking, what do I have to offer? Because money, of course, we didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. But that as I started researching and listening more to self-help, doing more reading, doing all those things, it opened my eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. It opened my eyes. Now, things didn't go all, all happy and sweet, of course. Right? Mm -hmm. As you said, I made some mistakes along the way, but I just learned so much through that experience. And thankfully, I was able to uh, get my record expunged so I could join the military and do oh. some good. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even think about having to have done that in order to get in the military. Yes, yes. Tell me about your military experience and then we'll get into like how you translate that into business. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, 12 years, um, Army Reserve, three tours. I went in at 22. I didn't want to go in at first. That was not my first choice, people. Oh. My first choice was, was to go to college, but I just couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And looking to afford it, I found myself going down that wrong path again. So I just was like, you know what, I'm going to back out of college right now. I don't want to go through that to pay for this because mm -hmm. I may not make it through anyway. So I ended up joining at 22. Prior to that, I worked two full-time jobs just to, you know, afford some type of quality of life. Um, I worked as a card attendant and cashier, and uh, then I worked at as environmental services, which is a glorified housekeeper, right, <laughs> <laughs> at the hospital. Okay. Okay. So I did what I took, and then uh, the military just showed me so much about who I was and the capabilities I had. So I was able to identify leadership skills. I identified resilience. I identified the tenacity I had. I was able to connect with people I wouldn't otherwise had, uh, you know, connected with. Networking. The first time I realized the power of networking, right, was when I came into the military. Because when you join a new unit, you don't know anyone. You come mm -hmm. in there, you're like, uh, let me look around, see who I could talk to. And you just naturally start making these connections, forming these bonds. And these are people, when you go overseas, you look to your left and your right, those are the people you have to depend on, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter your backgrounds. It doesn't matter, you know, what job you have or how you came up. What matters is you have to be able to depend on that person. You have to be able to connect with that person. So that it just taught me the power of communication, collaboration, and then elevation. You mentioned communication. So for the listeners, everybody who fills out a form to be on the podcast, I ask them what their favorite episode of the podcast is so far. And you put that 
your favorite episode so far was how to be a top communicator. And that was with Brendan Kumarasamy. And you chose it because you think effective communication is a lost art that needs to be reestablished. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I just feel like, you know, with social media and phones and all these other mm. things, we're so used to being behind screens. We're not used to making those connections in person, that eye to eye connection, those mm -hmm. nonverbal skills. Yeah. We don't have that. We don't have active listening skills because we're used to not talking, right? <laughs> Everything's yeah. text nowadays. So we lose that. We lose the power to really form deep bonds with people that we don't know. You know, we lose the power to, to listen, to understand, not to respond. We lose the power to, you know, get out of our comfort zones a little bit and say hello to the folks that we don't, you know, normally talk to. So mm -hmm. it's just that those things that we used to have, those things that were a necessity when we were living and in business prior to computers, we're losing them. We're losing mm -hmm. all those social skills. Mm -hmm. One thing I read in your material. So you, one thing the listeners should know is you have a shit ton of materials. You have a shit ton <laughs> of free offerings. I would suggest you go to the website, which I'll put in the show notes for all of these, these great tips. One thing that I read in your materials was that you help people design a life that's purposeful, passionate, and profitable. But in order to do that, we need to understand that after a certain point, success does not come from pouring even more time and effort and resources into something. And I think that's where a lot of, especially entrepreneurs fall, that we just feel like if we just work harder and work harder and work harder and, you know, more hours, more effort should mean more success. And it doesn't, it doesn't translate into that. You say it's about creating a strategy and a focus and focusing your energy. Tell me a little bit how you work with people to do that. Absolutely. So one of the first things we look at is their calendar, their schedule. Mm. What are they doing with their time? Because a lot of folks are like, hey, I'm so, so busy. You know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm like, you're busy, but you're not purposeful, mm. right? You're, you're spending your time doing things that really don't move the needle forward towards your goals, if you even know your goals in the first place. So we look at what they truly value, you know, what mm. really matters to them. What are they going for? You know, that's purpose. Purpose gives you a direction. So many people are, if you use a sailboat metaphor, like we, we like to do in coaching and psychology, they're floating in the water aimlessly, right? Uh -huh. They have no purpose, no direction. So they're going fast in the wrong way, or they're right. just sitting idle. So what we do is we look at what really matters. We do uh, um, exercises to find their values and we rank them, right? We got to prioritize those values. And then we look at their goals, and then we rank those. And I only recommend doing three main goals for a year, right? Three main goals at any level. Because okay. if you do too many, you overwhelm yourself. Right? You're going to try to do too much, too fast, and you're not going to get as much done, right? So we look at that. And then we look at how they spend their days, right? Are those days aligning with the life they want and the business they want? Mm -hmm. Chances are they're not, right? A lot of people come home, they're like, whoo, I'm tired. Let me sit and watch five hours of TV, right? <laughs> Let me I might do that sometimes. Media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay sometimes. sometimes, right? But, you know, if that's your everyday routine and then you're right. wondering why things aren't working the way you want, that's an a, a issue. Or the opposite. People want to work 16, 17 hours a day. There's a law of diminishing returns. It's like yeah. that means that your systems, your processes, and the way you're doing things isn't working. 
right? So that's why I always recommend that folks look at things, get post-it notes, get something that reminds you what you need to be focused on. Mm -hmm. And at the end of your day, look at that and say, okay, what's left over? What did I accomplish, right? Do an inventory mm -hmm. because if that'll keep you on task, you can write out, okay, next day I need to do this. And you build that habit of doing that. Now you may uber focus. You are in what Cal Newport calls your deep work, right? So you mm -hmm. get in a state of flow remove all the distractions, all those notifications. You know how much time that takes from your day? Yes. Like I don't have any of that on my phone. No dings, no, none of that. Right. None of that pops up, right? And the reason why is because when you look, you may think you're multitasking, but there's no, no. such thing, no. right? And it takes you at least 10 minutes to get back into the mind to refocus on whatever you had. So if you think about that, right, every time you go scroll or or reach for your phone or any of that stuff, it's taking that much longer to accomplish the task you need to get done. So I always recommend people have clean spaces and then there's an arm's reach rule. So if my phone is in arm's reach, it's proven that I'm going to go for that like thousands of times a day. Mm -hmm. So put your phone somewhere else. If you know you need to uh, really uh, attack something and get something done, put your phone somewhere else, turn off all the notifications, yeah. don't have those beeps and dings going off, right? Really focus on what you need to focus on and you will cut your time to complete something down tremendously. I believe that so strongly. Yes, yes. And there's so many tools that help you. Like if you know that you're one of those people like squirrel mindset. You know, like, squirrel mindset is more yeah, like it. <laughs> you know, you get shiny object, you're like, yep. everything distracts you, you know, make sure you set your life up for in your business up for success. It has to flow with success. Make it easy for yourself. I always say <laughs> success should be lazy. You know, you want to do it as easy as possible. You don't want to make <laughs> it difficult. We already have enough distractions and things become yeah. inundated with all this negativity and stuff. Make it easier on yourself. Right. I remember the days where I am disciplined enough to shut off all my notifications, which I, it's not every day, but I do accomplish so much more on those days because my brain is not switching between activities. Mm -hmm. You said something right at the beginning of the answer of this question. You talked about goals and only having three goals per year. So I have a couple follow-up questions on that. Is there a size limitation or, a, or should they be a certain size of a goal, like a big, hairy, audacious goal? You hear that all, like, what's your big, hairy, audacious goal? Like, are they supposed to be small goals or supposed to be like those big, hairy goals? And why yeah. only three? Yep. So I do three big goals. Okay. Uh, I like to challenge. You only grow when you challenge yourself. Mm. So I want goals that's going to stretch me, not the ones I know. I'm not going to say if I've already been hitting a hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm not going to say, Oh, I want to hit a hundred thousand dollars a year again. I want to yeah. stretch that. Right. Yeah. And I want to times that. So you want to do something you haven't done yet. Mm -hmm. And then what you do with those three bigger goals is you set milestones, right? And those milestones are your smaller goals, your intermediaries, the ones mm -hmm. you want to accomplish in six. Then you have your short-term goals in a month, you know, things like mm -hmm. that. And you're just going to work it back, reverse engineer those major goals into smaller things. So you can celebrate when you, you hit something that mm -hmm. moves you closer. And that's the key. You always want to make sure you celebrate. It doesn't have to be having a glass of wine or dinner, but make sure you acknowledge it in some way, shape or form that you've gotten closer to that main goal, right? Yeah. Of course, there's project trackers, you know, you got Asanas and the Mondays and all those other things. You can just use your phone, right? Hey, I hit this, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you can have an accountability partner to let them know where you are. But three goals is my number because I've noticed that if I try to do too much more than that, major goals, then I, I just get overwhelmed. 
Yeah. And I'm a, I'm like you, you know, high performer. I want to get things done. Yeah. But it, we have to realize that it is okay if we don't accomplish those, right? It's okay. okay if we get close and no cigar because you grew and you have lessons learned from it. Now, if you hit one of those goals, mm -hmm. right, you start working toward those other two. And then you can add another after you knock those out, if you surprise yourself and you get there sooner, right? Yeah. So, so you make room for something else as you accomplish, but you don't want to do too much at once. Do you suggest that people put their goals somewhere that they can see them every day? Is that like, is that helpful or? It depends on the person. Okay. Some people don't need to do that, right? But again, yeah. if you're one of those people who become distracting, you forgot your purpose or forgot your direction, yeah. then I would say list those things everywhere. You could do David Goggins. He, he wrote Can't Hurt Me. He talks about the accountability mirror, right? The post-it notes on wherever you get dressed at or get ready at, right? You put that post-it note, say, this is what I want to hit. Am I on track? Check in with yourself. Be honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. be honest with yourself. It's all too often that it's easy for us to make a promise to ourselves that we break. But if we mm -hmm. do it to someone else, we feel so bad. Why can't we do that to ourselves? Hold ourselves accountable. Be our own best friend and say, listen, I'm not on track. What am I doing wrong? What do I need to replace? Because success, I mean, we talk about balance and all those things. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. There's something that's going to need to be sacrificed to hit where you want to hit. And we have to be okay with that, right? And that's why it's important to have those values listed. So when we do our check-ins, we're going to ask, okay, what am I doing in my day? You know, if I want to make a million this year, yeah, what am I doing in my day? Am I spending too much time? Uh, I think it's Brian Tracy. He talks about education versus entertainment, right? He talks about that quotient. And that's when you know if you're on track or if you're uh, really doing what you need to do. So am I spending my time entertaining myself, right? Scrolling on social media, mm -hmm. watching TV, listening to music, or am I educating myself, becoming better? Am I investing in my programs, investing mm -hmm. in making sure my business is flowing and operating? Do I have the infrastructure? Those are questions you really have to ask yourself. Right? right? Am I investing in my physical health? And that will tell right. you if you're really doing everything you can do to hit those goals. So also going through your materials, there's a term that you use that I love. And when I started your materials, I knew I had to talk about it. So you say you can offer your clients a mise en place level of organization for their entire life. So, which I find fascinating. I love this term. And for the listeners who may not have heard this term, it's a French term, which is actually comes from French culinary school, which literally means to have everything in place before you start cooking. It literally translates into everything in its place. And it's mm -hmm. so like before you start cooking, you have all of your ingredients ready at the go. You're not like running over to get flour or do whatever. Tell me about you using that terminology, this French cooking terminology, which I love in business and with your clients. Absolutely. So thanks for asking this. So I talked about making success easier earlier. And what we like to look at is how you have things set up. Like that could be your office, your home. Do you have clutter everywhere? Right. Because clutter space is cluttered mind. Mm -hmm. Right. So we really want to know, like, OK, is everything I have set up? If I know I want to hit the gym in the morning, do I have my workout clothes yep. picked out? Do I have my my pre-workout set up already? You know, those are the types of things we're looking at. If I journal every day, is my journal on my nightstand or is it at my office, depending on the time? So mm -hmm. we want to look at how you're operating holistically in business and personally. Because one can't be be good without the other, right? You're going to have issues if you have yeah. anything out of whack. So we want to look at how you're doing things on a daily basis. So I have my clients track what they're doing, right? 
how many times they check, become mindful. Mm. That's it's awareness, right? When you're aware, you can actively think, you can respond versus react. And that's where I want to get my clients. I want them to actually respond. I want them to be mindful of what they're doing, how they're spending their time. Do they have a habit? Pay attention to your habits, right? Like we talked about social media. A lot of people just have a habit when they're not doing yeah. anything or they're procrastinating to try to distract mm -hmm. themselves. So we want to make sure that we're tracking all of that stuff. And we do it for, we we try to do 30 days. A lot of people, they, they break down around like the, the two week mark, which is fine, right? Okay. But because that gives us some data. Everything's about data, right? Yeah. So we, well, I mean, I, there's data behind it that like New Year's resolutions last 13 days. So there's yes, like science exactly. behind that two week. Like you, <laughs> like if you could break that two week mindset, like you'd be like the best ever. Like I will exactly. break you of the two week mindset. <laughs> right, right. And, but that's the key of having coach, right? Because the coach, we can see things that you don't see. So a lot of times when my clients don't accomplish something, it tells me more data than what they did. Yeah. So I can ask them like, okay, what came up for you when you stopped doing it? You know, and a lot of them are like, man, I, I see what I'm doing. It's like tracking your budget, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are like, man, I see my spending. I, I just couldn't see it anymore, man. Yeah. Maybe, you know, so it's the same way with habits. It's the same way with, with your processes and your daily attitudes and everything. So once we can do that, now we start, I know what I need to do, what exercises they need to accomplish, how we can come up with the action plan for their success. Mm -hmm. So we just have to be able to see it first though. Right. Because once we can see it, we can put that plan in place specific to that person because everyone's different. Yeah. So we also do like a personality test. We do an Enneagram test to see. Oh, I'm okay. What yeah, are you? Yeah. What number are you? I'm actually a two. I'm an eight. You're an eight? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I can see that. I can, I can see. Eight is something that shows up in my life all the time. I was born on March 8th. My life path number is a seven, but I was told by my life path coach that I've been living it as an eight my entire life. And my life would be a lot easier if I lived it as a seven and not an eight. And because I'm like fighting my natural like instinct. And then my Enneagram came back as an eight. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Cause you know, Enneagram also have what you show up as, right? So you could yep. be a one number and you more, you show up more on this other side. So yep. yeah, it's just interesting way. So, so get people to see like, okay, yeah, I can see that me being that a two or mm -hmm. three, you know, I can see me, you know, being aggressive or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it just, it just helps them identify like the, some of their strengths, help them become more mindful, like why yep. they struggle with certain things. So we just really want to give enough data where they can say, all right, this is what I need to do because I'm not going to tell you something that doesn't align with you, right? right? I'm not going to have you do something that doesn't align. So I'm more inclined to ask you a lot of questions. I'm more inclined to help you discover what you need to do. That's actually the true definition of a coach. Mm -hmm. And then when I need to, I switch to that consulting hat and be like, hey, just do this. Just yeah. try this out, <laughs> right? We're going to see how this works. Here's your plan. And I just check in, right? That yeah. accountability is important. So I also ask, like, how can I help? You know, how can mm -hmm. I support you along this? And then yeah. I have this concept, the 360 support system. So I also want you to have people in your life that you can count on for different things. So that could be your significant other, your friends, you know, somebody, what I call a goal buddy, someone who's trying to accomplish mm -hmm. the same thing, right? So you just have to look at that. So- a little, a, a couple minutes ago, you mentioned journaling. You said maybe you write it in your journal. And I know that that's part of your own, your time, take control of your day tactic, one of your tactics. 
But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who are listening, just like their eye just rolled like real heavy because they're really yep. fucking sick of being told to journal. Yes. How can you make journaling more appealing so that people will actually do it? <laughs> Absolutely. So this is a key I find helps a lot of folks that I work with. Journaling does not have to be writing. Okay. You can journal in your own way, right? Some people prefer voice notes. Some people okay. prefer to do video. Some people write. Some people, you know, journaling has to be for you. It's not mm-hmm. for everyone else. It is yours, right? It's your record of what happened. So you could do it however you want. And it shouldn't be hard because you don't have to sit there and think about it and make it right. It doesn't right. have to be automatically correct. You can write whatever the heck you want. You can say whatever the heck you want. Like, don't overthink it. It doesn't have to be this long book that I'm writing. All right. <laughs> it, it literally like, hey, today suck. And then I have people number it one to 10. Why did it suck? You know, find those types of things. It doesn't have to be complicated. It could literally be like a one minute exercise. Mm-hmm. And another key is to talk to yourself how you actually talk. Right. You know, don't do it as if you're writing all formal. Yeah. Uh, if you are like Julian, you say, hey, this shit works. Then you write that in your notebook, right? Yep. You want. <laughs> you know, I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs or even business people, they struggle with how they're supposed to sound. And I know this because I did it. You know, my company was, I don't know, it was like three years old. It's seven years now, but it was like three or four years old before I actually embraced the fact that I'm crass. I'm crass and this is the way this shit's going to come out. And this is the way I deliver it. And it's my most comfortable way of delivering it. And so every single thing I do is in this fashion now. It's, it was my book. It's my newsletter. It's my podcast, you know, and it was just so relaxing. I don't even, that's not even the right word. It was just so freeing, I think, to be like, you know what? This is me. And you must get that a lot with people who are maybe they're struggling under the veil of what what a business person is supposed to look like. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to say. Like a lot of people, we, we hear the term unique selling proposition all the time or unique selling point. Your uniqueness is your authenticity, right. especially if you're a personal brand, right? If you're a personal brand, that is your unique selling proposition. You think about the Gary Vaynerchuk's of the world. I mean, he's every other word is an F-bomb. Every other word. Yeah, yep. you don't have to fit into someone's mold. You know, before it was everyone wore business suits and all this yeah. other stuff. Then Zuckerberg came in as his Facebook CEO. He wears hoodies now, you know, so you have mm-hmm. to be you. You cannot let someone else's definition of what a successful person looks like or sounds like mm-hmm. take over because then you're going to be drained. The people you really want to work with aren't going to align with you. So yeah. you're just not going to be successful. So you have yeah. to take the veil off, take the mm-hmm. facade off and be you. Yeah. So I want to get back to one thing about the goals, because I forgot to ask this question because I got sidetracked by something else I wanted to ask. (laughs) What if you're working with somebody and they're like, I actually don't know what my goals are. Like, do you help people sort of look holistically at their business and tell them what is possible, what should be goals? Mm -hmm. Because I think I could come up with one big goal. Like I had a goal of writing a book. I had a goal of launching a podcast. Now I have a goal of doing a TED Talk, which hasn't happened yet. But I think that it would be helpful for someone else from the outside looking at my business because we can't see what we can't see. You know, a butterfly can't see its own wings. You know, Mm -hmm. so can you look at people's businesses and say, actually, I think this would be an amazing goal for you. Or do you kind of let them find that themselves? There's a couple answers. I can do that. But what I typically do, like 
is that that values assessment, a lot of people forgot what matters to them. And mm. that's why they can't identify goals. Right. Uh -huh. So I, I like to do that first. And I like for them to really rediscover themselves, because once you rediscover yourselves, not a fun starts. Right? Mm -hmm. That means if you don't know what you like, you don't know what matters, then how are you enjoying life or business? Right. That right. means you've been sad that you've been drained. Right. And you've probably been lost for a while. Mm -hmm. So I like to do a, what I call the root cause analysis. Okay. Why are you struggling with identifying your goals? Why are you struggling with joy? Right. And that's why I always say mindset is everything. Right. On the back of my hoodie, it says control your mindset, control your destiny. Right. To control your mindset, we have to really do that introspection that everyone hates to do. Right. Especially as business owners. We're like, oh, I can't I ain't got time for that. Right? I can't mm. sit here and think about what matters. But that's the only way you're going to be able to ascend to the levels you want to hit is when you really identify what matters and what your purpose is. It changes. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to do this, you know, ever so often, at least once a year, I'm going to check in and say, OK, does that really align with who I am and who I want to be? Or yeah. has it changed? Have I grown to the point where I've outgrown that part? Mm -hmm. So we really have to do that work before we can move forward into anything or else you're just going to everything's going to be a goal. You see someone else doing something you're like that's my goal. And mm -hmm. we don't. Want yeah. Yeah, that is funny. I can I can see that too. Like you seeing somebody else who's successful and suddenly you're like, oh, th that should be my goal because obviously it's worked for them when it's not your goal. It's somebody else's goal. Yep. That is so interesting. Since we met at the NSA and you're a speaker, obviously, as well as me, not just a coach. Tell me about when you're talking to a group, you have so much information. So how are you putting it into a 60 minute keynote, which is I'm assuming is the length of your keynote, like what resonates the most with the audiences that you're speaking in front of? So there's a talk I like to do. It's called how to go from distress to success. Okay. And, and this resonates a lot with folks because I talk about the concept of labels and I talk about how labels really are the reason why a lot of us struggle. Mm -hmm. We want a certain label or someone has placed the label on us or we place the label on ourselves and we hold that weight and it really stifles us. Mm -hmm. And that is important because when you think about going through life, you know, you said earlier, it took you three years to discover yourself, right? Because mm -hmm. you had this label, yep. you maybe had the label of profession. Yep. And then with that label comes what professional looks like, or what at least a lot of us think it looks like, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to be mindful of what we're calling and telling ourselves, and then what we're allowing people to put on us. Mm -hmm. And that's why they talk resonance, because it deals with mindset, there's a concept, you know, you see my sweatshirt it says on your kingdom. On your kingdom. I talk about how there's three things, the physical, mental, and emotional. And mm -hmm. if any of those are out of whack, that means our triad is off. And that means you're not focused and you can't be centered. If you're not focused, now you're stressed. Now you're overwhelmed. Now you're procrastinating. And now just everything starts to unravel. Mm -hmm. So we have to take that time to see what labels are being placed on us. You know, that's the pressures. And once we understand that we do not have to live to that, we are free and we can do what Julie does and we can be ourselves. <laughs> and that's, that's really why that resonates with a lot of folks. It frees you. Mm -hmm. I also want the listeners to also understand that even though I'm 100% comfortable in this skin and the way that I talk in my business and the clients hire me because of my brand, I still check myself all the time and wonder, like, have I gone too far? Is it like... Is the shine going to rub off? Like, is this going to get old? Like, I still think about it. 
all the time. Like sometimes when I'm not as busy as I feel like I should be, I'm like, oh shit, is it because I swear all the time? You know, <laughs> being comfortable in it is like an ongoing process, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that, and that's the thing, right? You may not be comfortable all the way, but you feel better because you're able to be you. I don't want to be hired by a company that says, hey, you need to be this. And it's, yeah. it has nothing to do with who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Right. I yep. don't want to do it for the money, because at a certain point, you know, what is your again, what are your values? Mm-hmm. And those have to be non-negotiables. You have to stand for something. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I look at it. You have to stand for something like. You know, of course, there's some adjustment, especially as a speaker that we make when, you know, a company wants us to hit on certain things or maybe there's certain topics they don't want us to touch on. And that's fine. But it has to align with who you are. What do you want to be known for? What legacy do you want to leave? Yeah. So, Javon, if you had one. All right. We're going to wrap up soon. (laughs) And I'm going to put everything, Javon, in the show notes and your website and specific links to the checklists that I think that they should download. One being the own your time checklist, because I think that's going to change people's lives. Is there any one last thing that you want to say to the listeners before we sign off? Yeah, I, I think the, the theme of this conversation has been living authentically, right? Make sure that everything you do aligns with who you want to be and the life you want to live. Mm-hmm. So always think about legacy. And once you think about legacy, then you can think about goals. And once you think about goals, you can think about actions, right? So they all feed into one another, but live authentically. And I was going to add, follow up with people when you meet them at networking events. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know why this plays in in the networking is because when you come in and you try to come with a predetermined script, you know, mm. it just doesn't work. It feels off. The vibe is off. You're yeah. not going to be able to connect with people. And be like, man, I, I have all these people. No one really wants to have a call with me. No one wants to meet up with me. It's because mm-hmm. people feel that. Your clients yeah. feel it too. Your customers feel it. So just yep. be you, right? And it'll take a while. It may take a while, especially if you're new to it or mm-hmm. you know, you're not all the way comfortable. You're an introvert, maybe. Just find your way. But it's better to attempt and show up as yourself than it is yeah. to show up as someone else and just never be happy at all. Right. Yeah. Will I see you in Orlando in July? Uh, I'm not going to be there. I don't think so. I haven't decided quite yet, but I don't, okay. I don't know. We'll, well, I we'll, hope you go so that we can I see each so other too. again in person. Well, we can get an old-fashioned that actually is good, right? <laughs> yeah, no more shitty old-fashions for us, man. We're going to go right. to the hotel bar and not the, like, the line at the convention center. <laughs> right, right. But hey, but it brought us together, right? <laughs> it, I know. Listen, we are brought together by shitty old-fashions. <laughs> this episode brought together by shitty old-fashions. <laughs> Javon, thank you so much for being here. It was so great talking to you. Yeah, my pleasure, Julie. Thanks for having me. Well, Javon is kind of fucking amazing, isn't he? And to think, if it weren't for networking, I might never have met him. Or worse, I might have met him, but let our chance meeting be nothing more than a fleeting moment. If I had put his business card in my pocket and not reached out to him the next day, I would not know all those amazing things about him. I wouldn't be able to call him my friend. He wouldn't have been here with us today, and I wouldn't have been able to collaborate with him on his million-dollar marketing summit that happened in February. Javon is part of my network now, firmly entrenched. We will collaborate together again. 
I've already recommended him as a speaker to some of my past clients, and our relationship will grow in the years to come. There are two lessons to be learned in this episode. One, of putting yourself out there, meeting someone new, and doing what it takes to follow through with that person to build a relationship, to learn more about them, to understand how varied their past is and what they've been through. The other lessons are the ones Javon taught us about mindset, visioning something better for yourself and creating the environment around you that allows you to be your best self, to take back not just your day, but your life. I encourage you to visit Live Not Loathe and download some of his free guides and checklists. There's something there for everyone, I'm sure of it. Okay, on to the drink of the week, which just had to be a riff on an old fashioned because, you know, that's how we met. We were both ordering old fashions at the bar and we were like... Do you think this guy knows how to make an old-fashioned? I don't think this guy knows how to make an old-fashioned. Anyways, so this is not an old-fashioned. It's a riff on an old-fashioned. This particular version comes to us from the cocktail menu at Sawyer in Seattle, which was a 2019 James Beard semifinalist for Best New Restaurant. And it's called the Fisher's Mezcal Old-Fashioned, which blends mezcal instead of bourbon, which is still smoky. You know, you get that smoky flavor to it. Or, you know, it's instead of bourbon or whiskey with Italian Amaro, which I actually love Italian Amaro. And there's so many different kinds of it. And, and they go from like herbal to fruity and they're just funky and fun. So here's what you're going to need. One and a half ounces of mezcal, three fourths ounce of chinar. Now we've talked about chinar on the program before. That is one of the Amaros. Uh, there's Again, there's all different kinds. A quarter ounce of Demamara syrup, two dashes of Angostura bitters, and two dashes of orange bitters. Stir all ingredients together with ice to chill. Start, 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 start. And strain into a rocks glass with one of them fun ice cubes. You know, the ones that I like to use my uh, brander on. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you would garnish it with like an orange twist. That's what I normally do for my old fashions. Or like, you know, one of those fun cherries too. I don't know. Do whatever you want. It's your drink. All right, friends. That's all for this week. If you like what you heard today, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. Also, please remember to share the podcast to help it reach a larger audience. If you want more of me, Julie Brown, you can find my book, This Shit Works, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can find me on LinkedIn at Julie Brown BD. Just let me know where you found me if you want to link in with me. And I am Julie Brown underscore BD on the Instagram. Or you could just pop on over to my website, juliebrownbd.com. Until next week, cheers. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works.